0: Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Brad Dalton. It is a great day to be alive. Men of faith, men of family, men of community, best-selling author, empowerment, best self catalyst speaker. So excited to be with you. I was fortunate enough to be on Aloha Mindset Parenting with Dez, Karen, and Mel, and I wanted to share that with you today. If you're uh, looking to be a parent. If you're currently a parent, I think you'll find the content extremely engaging. I hope you have an incredible day. Take care.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but we have someone that's going to pop in. Someone that both of you know. I invited him as a special guest and he's going to pop in. Any guesses? Right. Oh, Um, it's B-Rub. Yeah. Surprise, (laughs) surprise, surprise. Thank you so much for being our special guest. He is at home (laughs) with his family. But I said, hey, if you can just share, you know, just be on here for about 10 minutes. Um, If you need to go earlier than that, we understand. But I thought of you because mindset you know when you reflect that's what i learned from interviewing brad and in our interactions like you have this magical power to see anything in a positive light so i actually think of you when things go um you know become challenging you know what would Brad rad do what would brad do exactly how would he flip switch this so brad thank you for being here um Put you on the spot. What, how reflect twenty twenty one? What is one thing that stands out?
0: Oh man, jeez! I gotta tell you, I'm looking at Mello. Mello, you look like you've been eating and crapping rainbows today. You're looking good, sister. Looking good. <laughs>
2: thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'd love to crap rainbows.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're versatile. You are a superwoman. I'm sure we can figure that out. You just need to be more empowered. You got to start reaching a little deeper there, Mello. No, uh, man, 21, you know, for me, has just taught me that I've just gotten stronger on my success road. We all obviously have limits, but there, that isn't to say we can't lift our ceiling a little bit. I mean, we all have ceilings, but we can lift those things. And how we choose to have a mindset, how we choose to fill our cup, how we choose to fill other people's cups, all that stuff, we can lift. We can, there's the, the possibilities there's possibilities for us that we don't even know of yet, but we have no chance. We have no shot at it. And so I've, you know, I've I've hopped on a few different programs and I've, uh, I wrote a bestseller. I have an online course. I have a lot of things that I didn't have in 2020. And you know, what is an awful time for a lot of people, obviously with COVID and, and just stuff that happens, it should have been, it could have, and I'm also a lifelong educator. You know, I had all kinds of reasons to to whine and, or to get into pity city or to add, I mean, I could have had, if I was an excuse maker, I have all these built in possible excuses, but like the rest of us, I'm built to win. And so how would a winner think here? A winner isn't gonna sit there and dwell in pity city. Uh, a winner is gonna think, how can I capitalize on this? Or if I'm a growth minded person, there's only one way to go and it's forward. So that's been me. I hadn't even thought about writing a book. So that to me was a big deal. I'd always been an ad valuer, but I never thought I would write a book. And then when Tony Robbins publisher approaches me and says, we want to write a book, that was cool. And then for it to become a bestseller, I mean, those were that was a kind of, that was an aha moment for me that I I can do that. And I was just an, I've, I've always considered myself just an average everyday guy. Like I was an average student in high school. I was I don't know, I've never considered myself any different than anybody else. So if, if if I can write a bestseller, if I can be hanging out with these cool cats on the islands, if I can be doing all the things that I'm doing, anybody can do it.
1: What, what do you think is the secret that um, made you realize, hey, I can write a book, because I felt the same way and, um you know, you always want to, but then you wonder, do I have it in me? And so that's what this group is for, like the aloha mindset, right? Like really helping parents see that by the, um, the hopelessness that they feel, right? And that's what you, I I love that, that analogy where you raise the ceiling, because sometimes I think we lower the ceiling, or Mm -hmm. if our kids are going through a rough time, You don't even think it's possible. You just want to. You're like treading water, and you're like, "Am I gonna be able to even, you know, not drown?" (laughs) Right.
3: I
2: love that you said that pity city. That's a really. Oh, I wrote that down
1: as soon as he says that. I'm like, I am writing that down. I think we all. um, Yes, it's hard to sometimes, especially when I work with students and they are in the pity city and they just that is their their homebound, and no matter what you say. Right? No matter what you say, they're in that negative mindset. So, how did you realize that? How did you have that courage to say, you know what? You know, I was average, but now I think I'm going to pursue this.
0: Well, I've surrounded myself with good people my whole life. I mean, not everyone has. Well, I take that back. I mean, I think a person that doesn't have a winning mindset would not take ownership of their thoughts and who they're hanging out with and who they're surrounding themselves with. But, uh, I've been, the, I've been fortunate with a lot of different deals. I've also been fortunate to have a kiddo on the autism spectrum. And he has taught me so much without even him trying. He's taught me so much about the success road and so much about patience. And I think, you know, for all, I, I'm, I'm a parent also. And I'm a life, as I said, a lifelong educator. And I think a lot of us, our lens are in the wrong place. You know, we got to be patient. We got to be patient. A person's on the success road. Yeah, we always have a sense of urgency because we're we're so into impact and we're so into being better version of ourselves and so into, you know, living the best life we can possibly live. We're so into that. We're intense about that. But if we're into the success road, we can afford to be patient because we know on the success road the vibrations we're having right now might not might not be the same ones we had yesterday or the ones that are going to be two weeks from now. There might be some tough moments there's gonna be tough moments a person that's focused on the success road knows that so and you know patience patience is really just a genuine expression of confidence of faith of serenity of just a a process success road mindset that's what patience is and you know if we want to be more patient we have to be on the success road and You know, I'm kind of rabbit trailing here, but we've got to take care of ourselves from the inside out. We're always, you know, we're getting pissed at our kids and we're getting angry with all this outside noise and, you know, peace isn't ignoring outside noise. Peace is being good on the inside out. We want to be peace rebellions. We want to be strong. We want to be empowered on the inside so that we can motivate the people we care about the most to do what we need to do.
2: Brad, can I ask you a question, since I know you also have an older son, um, uh-huh. and even with your, your son on the spectrum, as a parent and a dad, because your perspective, I think, is unique compared to the three of us, how have you shown your kids how to do self-reflection? Has it been like something direct or just kind of things you kind of throw out there? Or like what's been a way that you've noticed that you've been able to share that, the ability to self-reflect and to deal from the inside out?
0: Sure. Well, man, first off, it evolves. It evolves, and and it's not the same for the two of them. I mean, my my kiddo on the spectrum, he's so black and white, and so literal about everything. Things are just a little bit different with him. So we just have conversations. With my oldest, he's a freshman in college now, and we have daily conversations. And we've tried journaling. I'm just I even in one I always I've been an average guy, but I've always been a positive guy and a growth minded guy. So our conversations, for instance, on the way home after a baseball game or a football game or after something big, some intense contest or whatever, our conversations weren't about how he struck out or hit a home run or threw a touchdown pass or got sacked. Our conversations weren't about the game. Or if it was a test, our conversations have never been about the score of the test. Our conversations are always about reflecting on the road that led us to whatever our outcome was. So that's that's kind of been the primary one. You know, people say I don't have enough time for what matters. Well, then let's get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter. Like you say you want this stuff. This is what you're telling me. You want this. You want a 4.0, you want to play college baseball, you want all this stuff, and I don't have enough time. And Karen, you and I have talked about this. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you don't have time. It's prioritizing balance balance is prioritizing that's what balance is there's no such thing as like 50-50, not even in a relationship a relationships 100 statistically
2: speaking I agree with you Karen I have that conversation about this <laughs> numerical statistics it just is not possible
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and depending on where you're at in your life that that you know that that changes too so yeah that's a tough one that it's so different for each of the kiddos. But I like that
2: you shared that about talking about, you know, not the, the end result, but talking about what got them there, because that's, that's really what reflection is. Because sometimes we don't even realize how we got there. Um, and like you said, for every child, like it's going to be different. Every person is different. We're all unique in so many ways. So but I really do like that, Anything that's a great way of explaining. It. I don't think I could have explained that any better, you know, as far as if a parent asked me, like, how do I teach my child self-reflection? that's such a great way, uh, easily digestible. And like anybody could do that. Just what's the road? How did we get here?
0: Right? Yeah, cool. And I think you know, we need to track our behaviors and track our patterns, just like we would track in anything else, like in a business or, you know, in, in athletics, they, they track everything. They've, they know what kind of gum, they know whether you're wearing BVDs or Fruit of the Loom, man, they know everything. And I think it's important if we're, truly uh, serious about change, we have to know, like you said, sometimes we're just unaware that we're unaware. We just don't know. And so if we don't track our movements, if we're our behaviors or track when this is happening, how do we even know where to start? Or how do we even know if it's an issue? So, you know, we always talk about auditing, auditing our behaviors, auditing our tasks, auditing, and then we go from there.
1: Wow. I love that. I think more parents tracked um, behaviors and taught kids, right? Because if you don't audit, like you said, unaware is unaware. And I love how most, most of the parents that I work with, they always know, why did you, um, what was wrong? You know, you got a 78 and they focus on the grade. Yeah, You uh, messed up in, in um, you know, soccer or the sport and then the child's face, which was lit up totally i mean the energy you can you can just see it drop but that is i think the secret to building confidence that you don't focus on the mistakes or you um i think you mentioned it too or
2: necessarily the end result i think yes talked not, about this many times. yeah yeah as a society we are very much results based i mean we are trained that way from near little whether it's your test score whether it's your grade and then as you get older it becomes your salary your your title you know what i mean it's very much externally based. And I think it's very difficult because even as a parent and I know these things, I'm still trained to think about these, these end results. but let me tell you, from my personal experience, when I stopped, like for grades, for example, when I stopped focusing on my kids' grades, their grades went up. I mean, just an yep. inadvertent, like, you know what I mean? Like I was just like, why are you getting C's or why, yep. what did you score on this? And when I just like, you know, kind of, I learned this from Karen too, just let go. Focusing on it, stop the conversation about those things. The grades went up by themselves without any effort for me.
0: Well, you know, success isn't a destination. You know, the the success is the road. And uh,
2: the road that's always under construction, by the way,
0: too. Amen. Well, and really, you think about it in life where's the fun if it isn't under construction? Really? I mean, you really don't, as you guys know, the growth zone and the comfort zone aren't the same zone. And for me personally, I don't want to be handed a trophy i don't want to be handed success i don't want to be handed anything because it's in those moments where you struggle where you learn about yourself and man those are the things that create stories that you you remember forever like that i talk about to this day from when i was 12 years old and if if we're so worried about what we look like or if we're so worried about first place i mean i I've joked about this many times. I spell fun w y n, But the, the biggest difference for me is how I keep track of my scores. way different than when I kept track of it when I was 12. When I was 12, I was a nervous wreck. I wasn't my best self in the biggest moments. I was always really, really worried about letting people down. And I was a really good kid. I was really honest. I was a good kid. Good character guy. Good friend. Good son, I think. All those things but I was always so worried about letting people down because I was worried about not getting an A or I was worried about not getting voted to the all-star team or vote. You know I think what happens is we create people that are perceived perfectionists, you know, and then kids start melting. Ironically, they want it so bad that they can't perform in crunch time because they're so worried about letting everyone down. And we as parents, I've been guilty of this too. We're so intense about them doing well that we don't coach up the process. We don't coach it up. We don't coach up the growth like Mel was saying. We don't coach that up. And if we would just focus on getting better, like is the, are the thoughts that are in my head right now having me trend up? Am I trending up with these thoughts? If, they're not, if I'm not trending up, kick them to the curb. If the people I'm hanging out with right now aren't having me trend up, kick them to the curb. Nobody should be in my circle without my permission, and nobody has an edge on me without my permission. And I feel like if we focus more on that, thinking better, living better, and ultimately, you know, we become what we think about, right?
1: Wow, I am writing just copious notes <laughs> every time I talk to you Brad. It's like, oh yeah, that that's like you know like when you said the pity city thing and um coaching up the growth because i prime my, my, most of my students are that like I need the A. Oh my gosh, I got an 89. You know, my phone will be taken away if I don't get um you know a strong B or and it just creates so much performance anxiety. I'm guilty of that. I wanted the A. I thought the A defined me. And it's a hard place to be in because as a parent, you want your kids to succeed. And mm-hmm. I think in 2022, um, I shared this yesterday on my uh, Facebook Live. I asked my daughter, like, what do you think parents need to know to help their kids? And she said not to stress kids out and to really focus on mental health and really listen to what they need. And I thought, wow. Wow. You know, everything that, I mean, I, I think we get the priorities mixed up maybe and you and you just focus on what society trains us to yep. focus on. You know, what's a real test though,
2: is if you really do that coaching up with your kids. And for me, that was really disheartening, especially with, well, not especially, I only did it with my older children because they're older. But when you shift to coaching your kids up, it really hurt me to see how much I actually, I mean, I, I'm going to describe it as damage. I felt like I damaged my. Because just realizing where they stood on that thought process where, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, you did great, but this went well. And they're just like, but I didn't do it, but I didn't do it. And it, then you just realize that all of those years or moments that you could have capitalized on more, then you just realize, like, excuse my language, you're like, shit, I, I fucked this up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, But I mean, that's one, that was such a reality check for me when, when trying to take that different perspective with my kids, coach them up, focus on the positive. And I realized that because of my habits, because of my upbringing and, you know, what I thought was right as a parent at the time, like I, I distorted their thinking pattern and I wish I did it, but you know, I can only try to make it better now.
0: Couple things while I'm, I'm hearing you talk. That's really good stuff, Mel. One, you know, we're talking about how we could better take care of our kids, but I'm listening to you talk and I can't help, but think like, what are we doing to take care of ourselves? Because, the way, the reason we're doing the things we're doing is not because we don't love our kids. I've joked that I would rather lose all my limbs, and have all my teeth punched out, and even then I wouldn't give up or do any. I wouldn't change my kids for anything. Like I would do anything for them. But the reason we're doing this is probably because we've been conditioned in our own minds. And so when do we start investing in ourselves? Because that primal mindset of take for instance, take for instance my my kid on the spectrum. I describe like the 15 minutes after he was diagnosed i mean that was that was one of the biggest struggles i've ever had was those next 15 minutes because i was this big jock guy my wife was my wife was a gatorade player of the year division one basketball player we're both super social i mean if you saw us at the party or we dominate wedding reception floors uh we're just all about it and having been lifelong educators we knew what was coming we knew there would be bullying we knew there'd be cyberbullying. We knew that kids were going to look at, people were going to look at him weird in the grocery market. We knew all that was coming. And man, so for the next 15 minutes, I was stuck. I was, you know, when I could easily, I mean, I, I was super gluing negative thoughts to my dome. And by the time I got home and got into my driveway, I said to myself, this isn't fair to him. This isn't fair to me. Like I'm getting caught up in the shoulda and the coulda. And when you get caught up in a bunch of shoulda, what you get is a pile of should. And I wasn't going to do that. I was going to get caught up in the possibility of what could happen now. The last 15 minutes are over. What can I do in the next 15 minutes? What can I do in the next 15 months? What can I do in the next 15 years? He's got 15 more years till he graduates from high school. What can I do then? I'm not going to get caught up in a pile of should. And so then I had to start investing in me. And that kind of that's like just coming full circle like what are we doing to invest in ourselves? Because we can't we can't fill others up with an empty cup, right? We we got to fill our cup up with awesome. We got a super glue awesome to our lives. We got to make listening a superpower like so just listening listening to your story, we can I mean a soulful leader is a, a it makes S- super listening a superpower. And I think that is so true, Mel. I think that is so true having been around high schoolers forever. It is so true. People think that to be a good listener you have to give advice, but sometimes being a good listener is just listening. They don't they they just need someone to unload stuff on. They just need you to listen. They need to know that their words matter. They need to know that so- I had I've had multiple kids in the high school age in the last six months. One said, I've never had anyone believe in you the way. No, I've never had anyone believe me the way you believe in me. And the thing is, I wasn't ever giving that guy any advice. He would just, he would, we would just see each other one-on-one. And I just listened. I wasn't offering any rock star advice. I mean, I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I literally was just listening. And he's claiming that I, and I do believe in him. But it's not like I did anything. It's not like some super secret sauce. The secret sauce was that I was just listening. But I agree with you. There's you a know. passive
2: power to that. And it's really empowering for kids. I learned that as well, being a therapist with middle schoolers. Like, and it wasn't until the very end of my practice that I actually realized that. But like, all I had to do was listen. Like, A lot of these kids just didn't feel heard at all mm-hmm. in any of their realms. So
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, Deslin, you've worked with um, troubled teens, right? I think you um, you also have experiences where just listening really helped kids.
3: Yeah, um, I was telling um, Karen that my my teachers, Brad. I know you're a teacher, um, and I feel that people don't realize, but um, my teachers, some of them are my coaches, but um, their ability to listen and to acknowledge you, like, hey, good morning, how are you, is like, dude for a kid who is going through troubling times, you know, for me on the back end, there was so much going on that people didn't know about. I felt love like the making someone feel worthy, making someone feel respected, cared for, like a high goes a long way, you know? And I think that's the things that we don't realize, you know, acknowledging our children and whatnot. When I was listening to you guys share For my journey with Kainoa, I moved home because I got divorced back in 2009 and that same year my grandmother died and then a couple years after that my dad died and then you know all these people died and so the biggest thing for my son was teaching him um, compassion and um, being patient and you know being supportive of him because you know he only had like a one like two times spend time with my dad and my dad died unexpectedly and um What I've learned over the years is that um, success is different for everybody. For me, because of my grief journey with my sister, um, success is just getting out of bed. And when I got divorced, the biggest thing for me was I had to learn to take care of me. And so my mental health had to become a priority because I kept shutting down. And like Brad said, it's like, we cannot give to others, whether it's our children, our spouses, our partners, or just people in general in our businesses, if we decide to to do a customer service, if we're not taking care of our wellness, whether it's our emotional, mental, spiritual, and whatnot. And even for me, like I went back into therapy for anxiety. And so I think making sure that we find harmony within ourselves, because we cannot help our kids if we don't feel like we're, we're balanced within ourselves. So that's what I've learned. But thank you. I'm learning a lot from you guys. Thank you so
1: much brad i mean that you are just makes me want to interview again <laughs> i think you know i slower. love brad's insight because i think i mean it's yes. not that i like to to
2: um general over generalize and put us into generals and stuff but i do really feel like as parents male and female bring very dynamic things to the table and we have unique perspectives and that's i mean this is not just because i see so I mean, there's studies that show that like the parenting of dads encourage more physical risk-taking more confidence, whereas moms are more of the cautious type. So I love, thank you, Brad, for being a part of this and sharing your insight, because we don't often have dad views. So I hope you pop on more when you're able to.
0: I love, to, I mean, I love talking about this stuff. So I appreciate you guys letting me steal your time.
1: Thank you so Never much. Never steal. steal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, when I asked Brad, I said, hey, you want to be a surprise guest? I won't tell uh, Mellow and Death, and I was just thinking, we didn't know if you were going to be able to make it, and when you said you would, I know I said just a few minutes, so thank you so much. You've given us way more than um, half an hour of your time, and I think it's been, it's just so enlightening, you know, to hear your perspective, and I think as a coach and as um, a dad, you know, just the golden nuggets of wisdom that you shared, I mean, I think it's Thank you. Something. I think that all parents would would change their mindset on we need to achieve. We need to achieve because I was there. My, my daughters always say, wow, you would have, you know, raised us so differently. But that's what we knew back then.
0: Right. I think we're all in that boat. I just the- a reminder
2: of our parents. We do the best that we can with what we got. You know, right. yes.
0: Well, and I would also say, remind people that happiness doesn't happen when we're handed something or at the end. Happiness starts now. Like happiness isn't something that comes when some, when something just pops in or we get something or we win something or it's happiness is not a destination. Happiness is right now. And I, th- I find that a lot of people work harder to be weak than to be strong. A lot of people, a lot of people get so caught up in the pity city stuff, the victimized stuff, the negative thinking stuff just completely stunts their growth. And it's not fun. And so I always say, why would you fight so hard to not have fun? Because parenting is the greatest gift ever. Why would we not fight our butt off to have an incredible experience? Which isn't to say there aren't going to be rough. If you've had teenagers, you know, there's no way of not having some rough patches. It's not possible. But Why would you fight hard? And you guys know, when you have start having teenagers, all you can do is focus on the road because you can't hold them too tight. One, they need to make some mistakes. Two, they they have to learn. And three, if you hold them too tight, they're going to push you away. So some things just need to run its course. And you just do your best to give them the best framework possible. And I found that for me, the, the best framework possible has positive in it. Be the best positive leader and role model you can be for them. Tell them you love them every time you see them. And I think those things will help you produce a winner.
2: My God, what a way to end the year, guys. Like this is a great conversation. Like yes. definitely great food for thought as we move into 2022 and how like, you know, we will conduct ourselves as parents, as people. So thank you, Brad. Thank you, ladies. That was an awesome, awesome session. Thank happy you. Happy New Year, you guys.
1: Happy New Year. Well, happy New Year to everyone. And we shall welcome twenty-two with um just I think it's gonna be great things in store.
2: Optimism, enthusiasm, Proudity. openness, yes,
1: gratitude, yes.
0: mellowism
2: <laughs> Bradism, <laughs> paronism, desism. Sprinkle all right. it all in, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>